Welcome back. We are studying this week's Parsha Bayera from Rabbi Sachs's book, Studies in Spirituality. And the title of this week's essay is To Bless the Space Between Us. This uh, Parsha is uh, the story about Abraham. And Rabbi Sachs opens with the question that who, who was Abraham and why was he chosen to be the leader of the Jewish people, the father of our nation? It's not clear. Uh, if you look at other biblical figures, Noah, for example, he was described as a righteous man, perfect in his generations. We don't hear a description like that here. He's not described like Moses who protested injustice when he saw one of his brothers beaten by a Egyptian overlord. He wasn't a soldier like David or a visionary like Isaiah. So, so why Abraham? And the argument Rabbi Sachs argues is that Abraham was chosen in order to be a father. Indeed, if you look at Avraham's name, Avram means mighty father. And when his name was changed to Avraham, it means father of many nations. If you look at the first person in the Bible that was actually given a proper name, it's Eve, Hava, which means mother of all life. If you remember Adam, Adam's name just means man. So so Chava or Eve was the first person to get a descriptive name. And so motherhood in general gets a lot gets attention in the Torah well before fatherhood does. You have to wait 20 generations all the way until Avraham until we get a description of fatherhood in the name of Avram. Now Motherhood is a biological phenomenon, but fatherhood is a cultural phenomenon. There's little in biology that supports pair bonding or monogamy or marriage that's faithful. It's very rarely seen in nature, uh, almost non-existent in other species. It, there's some rare exceptions. So culture is required to reinforce fatherhood and establish a moral code in a society that encourages it. And if you're absent fathers, families fragment and there's an overwhelming burden on the abandoned mother. I think we've seen that in different segments of our society. And this emphasis on parenthood is central to Jewish spirituality because when you look at what the God of Israel represents, it doesn't represent a scientific or philosophical God or even a mystic God. When we look at God in Jewish tradition, we look at it as a God who loves us and cares for us, just like a parent loves for and cares for a child. So it's really God as a parent. And when you look at the primary attribute of God, particularly when the four-letter name of Hashem is used, it uh, is compassion. And the Hebrew word for compassion is rachamim, which comes from the word rechem, which means a womb. So you can see that the way Jewish tradition relates to God, it's as a parent, and our relationship with God is deeply connected with the relationship we have with our parents. And our understanding of God is deepened when we have the blessings of children, which helps us understand what it means to be a parent. And this, what's, this whole concept is what makes uh, 
the story of Abraham very difficult to understand about why he was chosen if he's chosen to be the first father. Because if you look at two aspects of his story, firstly, we talked about this last week, Abraham was the son that was told by God to leave his father. So he was told to separate himself from his father, as it says famously in Genesis 12:1, leave your land, your birthplace, and your father's house. And then in this week's Parsha, Abraham is, is told by God to sacrifice his son. So he's, the, he's first the son to leave, who leaves his father, and now he's the father who's supposed to sacrifice his son. So what Rabbi Sachs is arguing is that the Torah is teaching us something very fundamental and counterintuitive, which is that there has to be a separation before there can be a connection. We have to have space to be ourselves if we're going to be good children, and we have to separate ourselves from our kids if we're going to be a good parent. We have to allow our children the space to be themselves. If you look at the uh, what, what Rabbi Sachs talked about last week when we discussed about his journey away from Terach, Rabbi Sachs argued that, that he continued a journey that his father perhaps started. And while we initially have this mindset of Avraham being a rebellious child who is having a epiphany and destroying idols, later in life we appreciate that despite our adolescent rebellions, there's more of our parents in us than we initially thought when we were younger, but we have to separate from them before we can appreciate that. So if you look at the case of the binding of Isaac, the point of the story in Rabbi Sachs' telling is not that Abraham loved God enough to sacrifice his son, but Rabbi Sachs' interpretation is that God was teaching Avraham a lesson that we don't own our children however much we love them. Now, when you look back to Eve and the first child, she called him Cain, which means, with the help of God, I have acquired, or Kaniti, a man. So, when parents think they own their children, the results can be tragic. And through the story of the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, there's a separation that's established, which, which essentially is saying, Avraham, you, you actually have no right to kill your son, even if you wanted to on behalf of God, because your son is separate from you. He's not your property. And this was a novel concept in ancient tradition, ancient societies. So again, the, the Torah is arguing here that you first have to separate and then join. You first individuate, then relate. And that's the fundamental concept of Jewish spirituality which is, we're not God and God is not us. What's striking about the heroes of the Bible is that when they speak to God, they're remaining themselves. Having interaction with God doesn't overwhelm them. And this is based on the Kabbalistic principle, Tzimtzum, which is God's self-limitation. We saw what happened when God revealed himself on Mount Sinai. The people couldn't even handle hearing his voice. So for us to relate to God, God has to make the space for us to be ourselves. So su such with Abraham, he had to separate himself from his father before he and we could understand how much he owed his father. He had to separate from his son so Isaac could be Isaac and not simply a, cl a clone of Abraham. And there's a quote here from Rabbi Menachem Mendel, who is the, the Kutzka Rebbe. 
and he says this, quote, If I am I because I'm I, and you are you because you are you, then I am I and you are you. But if I am I because you are you, and you are you because I am I, then I am not I and you are not you. So God loves us as a parent loves a child. But parents who truly love their child make space for the child to develop their own identity. And this is the space that allows us to love, to be just like sunlight to a flower, to help nurture it and give it strength, but not like a tree to the plants that grow beneath. We have to give space to our loved ones. We have to establish our own identity. We have to allow the ones we care about to establish their own identity. And as he quotes, Rabbi Sachs ends quoting an Irish poet, John O'Donoghue, which is the role of love, human and divine, is, quote, to bless the space between us. So I think this is a um, novel review of the Akeda, and I think we all have expectations of our own children. We want them to follow in our tradition. We want them to model us and uh, as part of their development oftentimes there's a rebellious phase where they want to go out and establish their own identity own independence and usually that's followed with a period of time when they return and come back and recognize the gifts they got through parent through through your parenting so i think it uh the lesson for me out of all this is parent for the long term because uh, there'll be ups and downs in relationships, but the key is to raise children that have a strong independent identity with a solid foundation that you help support during their upbringing. So I hope everyone has a great Shabbos and talk to you next week.